for me, leadership doesn't really exist in the absence of having a purpose and having um, a, a vision. So if you don't have a purpose, right, you're just kind of a rudderless ship that's just out here doing stuff to do it. And you can be a very good manager because you're just trying to solve for certain deliverables. It doesn't make you a great leader. So first and foremost, you have to have a purpose that's driving you and you have to have a vision that is actually the, the tangible manifestation of that purpose. Once you get there, you can actually start figuring out how do I lead? And so the biggest learning I would take from, I think, working in the field and, and Harvard was that leadership is making people around you better, making right. them as good as they can be to help actualize some shared goal. Welcome to the Nicholas Brown Podcast, a podcast talk show about real estate investing, business leadership, and personal development. Each week, we explore current real-life case studies about how to build financial independence through investing in real estate to build your personal portfolio through passive income models, along with interviews from the top business leaders and personal development leaders. Now, here's your host, Nicholas Brown. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I have another special episode. This special episode is going to be tied to leadership and tied to investing on there. If you watched, if you watched our previous episode where I had the general, this is going to be pretty much tied to leadership. It, 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 they work together, trust me. But this is a special guest. He deals with uh, with the multifamily and other types of investing. No, but I'll explain more to you, but this is special. Make sure you guys, if you watch this on YouTube, make sure you guys subscribe. That way you get alert. If you're listening in on any podcast channels, like for example, or, or um, iTunes or Spotify, make sure you guys download that. That way you get alert for any future series that I have tied to this. It's going to be a treat. It's going to educate you. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read the about section, then we're going to get deep into it. But before I get in deep into this, I want you guys, if you, I want you guys to give a review on this episode. What I'm going to do, I'm going to have a contest. The best reviews I get in the next two or three weeks, I'm going to give you a course valued at $2,500, $2,500. And I'm going to try to push this guest here to give you another tip if you need a special type of loan, these type of loans that we're dealing with. So make sure you guys give us a review, okay? So here we go. My guest is Vernon Beckford. It's the CEO of Diversified Lending Solutions, one of the nation's leading CRE mortgage advisory firms in the country. His company helped operators position themselves to obtain the best possible loan terms. Here's three questions that Vernon starts off on his about section. If you go to the about section, he has three questions that he starts off with that makes him very unique and well-experienced, ladies and gentlemen. The first question he asks is, do you have a local lender that won't fund your real estate investment project or can't within your timeline at a diligent time? Number two, are you unclear on what your current financing options are or how to attain them? Number three, or 
Are you tired of searching for lenders from scratch whenever you have a new project that hits your desk right then and there? Boom, you're not alone. You see, Vernon has come across several pitfall, pitfalls of operators figuring it out on their own or working with an unqualified mortgage broker to obtain a loan. Vernon says when he first worked as a securitization lender at Credit Suisse, Credit Suisse, Suisse and later as a balance sheet lender for life insurance Global Atlantic, which is KKR owned, that he couldn't count how many times that he had counted highly experienced operators that claimed to know the deals back and forth, but didn't know what turns were available when they were needed, when they needed them, where to find them or how to negotiate them. You see, here's a brief list of what Vernon's experience and accomplishments he has accomplished during the years. Ladies and gentlemen, he has an MBA with Harvard Business School. He's held several leading titles, such as director for one of the top asset management firms in New York. He's, he was vice president for one of the, for a financial group that managed, ladies and gentlemen, here's the number. This year's back, he managed, he's, he was vice president for a financial group that managed. And he's a brother, if you guys are listening in. That's why I'm so excited. I'm honored to have this man for a financial group that managed 7 billion real estate portfolios. And a list of experiences goes on, ladies and gentlemen. This <laughs> is a long list. So reach out to Vernon and he will send you his quick guide template download and a bonus video titled Three Mistakes That CRE Underwriters Hate. I think that's the title. He has two different types, but that's one of the titles. But anyway, sir, I appreciate you. Welcome to the show, Vernon. <laughs> thank you Nicholas. thank you very man. much it's a pleasure to be here man i'm excited for you man i'm honored to have you bro. And I, need, I need to travel with you all the time because the way that you just uh spoke <laughs> my Bible, i just need you on hand i love it man i appreciate that i appreciate that but i appreciate the time i value your time ladies and gentlemen uh, we got this 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 set. This, this is a purpose, but we're gonna do another series in time. But I want you guys to meet the CEO of this company and, and what's going on, especially my listeners, what type of listeners who, who wants to get in a, a multi CRE. When we say CRE, we're talking about the multifamily apartment. Am I correct? When we're CRE? talking about multifamily, office, retail, wow, okay, gamut. Of okay. anything that, that involves um, the commercial sector. So wow. not just multifamily. So. Okay, not just multifamily. That's why I say, ladies and gentlemen, you have a treat. He's experienced in this, and his team that's under him is experienced, and the people that he's surrounded himself with. So he can get you done. But I want to get straight to the basics. Cost, that's the purpose I ask you guys. I advise you guys to download this. And I advise you to be watching this on YouTube to so subscribe so you get alerts for this. Because in time, we're going to have a little educational or we have may have other guests that's tied on to Mr. Vernon that, man, you're going to get a treat. We're going to meet, meet your goals. So what we do here, Vernon, what do you go by, sir? What's comfortable for you? Vernon is fine. That's fine. Okay, great. Okay. This is, I'm going to say Mr. Vernon. I'm just talking to you. Vernon. What we do is we focus here on this podcast. We focus on three things and we're tied on to it. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of going to mix it up. We, we focus on motivation, 
teaching and perspective. So what first, before we begin, what motivated you to become uh, uh, the title? What got you into the CRE field? What motivated you? You know, so I went, uh, <laughs> I went into Wall Street fairly early in my career. I was a, a wow. college intern uh, at Credit Suisse, and I was on a rotation of different departments. I was in sales and trading and in investment banking and real estate. And those were all great fields, but there was nothing that got me as excited as working on the real estate desk. At that time, it was the securitization group. Um, and I just, it blew my mind that, that, that I, at that age, could be involved in very large transactions that you'd uh, read about in the newspaper right. and figure out all of the ways these deals were getting done. Um, it really felt like monopoly in real life. <laughs> right, so, right. You know, so that was hugely exciting. And, and as a political science major who was interested not just in economics, but interested in how um, the economic landscape affects people's lives, I said, there's really nothing else that I could get into that would be more impactful to how people live than real estate, wow. right? right? The quality right. of somebody's life, positive or negative, is usually so much driven by where they live, where they shop, where they work. Uh, and so being in the middle of that was very exciting for me. Wow, wow, wow. How many years back has that been? I'm scared to date, date myself, but, but that okay. was about 15 years ago. And uh, and been in the industry ever since. Fourteen years ago, uh, just uh, about fifteen years. Oh, ago. fifteen years ago, it broke up. But man, that's strong. That's a blessing, ladies and gentlemen. You hear that? That's a treat. You got knowledge here, man, man. So fifteen years ago, you come across. So so you have you you also want to major in the political field at times. Well, well, listen, I, I did. I, I majored. <laughs> you in did. Political you know, uh, and, and as and as a New Yorker, born and born and raised, okay. uh, you know, at Columbia University, uh, poli sci was was kind of one of the big the big areas of, of focus there. So I did that. I loved it, but I always knew I was going to be in business, um, and I always knew that ultimately uh, that should inform my decision making and where I wanted to focus my efforts. But business was always as interesting to me as anything else. Wow! Wow! So. That's what leads to our series about leadership. Have you ever had people under you, under your, in your groups? Any, any? Absolutely. Okay. I've been, I've been the grunt, the the analyst that okay. that had to sit in a room and and until three in the morning. And this was before all this digitization, where you know where we literally had to look at physical files and ship them and 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 and, and get two or three hours of sleep. So I've done yeah. that, and I've also wow. been in a position where I had uh, you know folks under me, uh, you know, managing a team and, and having to figure out how to organize the deal as opposed to doing, you know, the, uh, as they say, the grunt, grunt work. Um, right. So I've both seats. So you've been in the field, as we say, too. You've been in the field. Also, you've done the grunt work. You've done what it takes. You have done. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, that, and that wasn't just modeling on an Excel spreadsheet. That was really <laughs> boxes. So I, I've, you know, I've, I've, I started from, uh, you know, from from spending hours in the mail room and in 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 trying to, to to curry favor with the copiers <laughs> and all all that those soft negotiation skills. Right, right. Let me ask you this, just on a on a on a note, what's what's a good what's a good formula for leadership for you? What what is leadership to you? What's your 
what's your understanding of leadership? What what gets your your crew under you, your crew, your team moving that works for you? You know, I think it's it's such an interesting question, and it's one that I think has evolved for me over the years. I'll say mm-hmm. going to Harvard Business School helped shape that view in the sense that for me, leadership doesn't really exist in the absence of having a purpose and having um, a, a vision. So if you don't have a purpose, right, you're just kind of a rudderless ship that's just out here doing stuff to do it. And you can be a very good manager because you're just trying to solve for certain deliverables. It doesn't make you a great leader. So first and foremost, you have to have a purpose that's driving you and you have to have a vision that is actually the, the tangible manifestation of that purpose. Once you get there, you can actually start figuring out how do I lead? And so the biggest learning I would take from, I think, working in the field and, and Harvard was that leadership is making people around you better, making right. them as good as they can be to help actualize some shared goal. It's very commonly kind of presented as you sitting in front of a group of people, pointing, directing, telling them, and getting the satisfaction of having people follow orders. That's not leadership, right? Mm -hmm. If the goal, for instance, is for us to expand access to capital so that people can build wealth and buy real estate, take talented people to work around us. How do we engage with um, talented clients? And how do we work together towards optimizing our skill set to getting there and being able to orchestrate that kind of like a conductor right. is where the leadership comes in. And so it's a very active process and it's a very iterative process as you observe who you're dealing with and you're figuring out, hey, OK, we're going to have to make adjustments. You don't know how many times That's right. That's when right. we sit and work with a client, we realize as we work at them where their strengths lie. And that's how we're so effective at positioning them and convincing a lender, for instance, why they should want to fund that project. And so that's where I see leadership really kind of coming into coming into play. How can you make those around you better? This episode is brought to you by Nicholas Brown, REI.club. Hello, and thanks for watching this brief video. My name is Nicholas Brown. I'm an author and a residential developer here in the Dallas Fort Worth area and we're on target this quarter of redeveloping five properties here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And our passive investors, they're just sitting back and relaxing it because they're enjoying receiving the double digit returns, which is protected, secured, and insured. So if you're a passive investor or if you have 401k or retirement income or decent credit scores in the 700 and above, then download our chart for more information at Nicholas Brown REI club forward slash partner and I'll send you our DFW double digit returns case study chart once again for more information go to Nicholas Brown REI dot club forward slash partner okay I got it I want ladies and gentlemen I'm going to get more detail he's going to give you an example of a recent case study that he just closed on in time so if you read that about two section, we're going to have proof because I want you to talk about the deal that you're in, in, a, in a short amount of time, a few days, you're going to visit your client in Houston, correct? Absolutely. In time. Absolutely. So we're going to get deep into that also. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is deep. I love these types of, of uh, podcasts, these interviews, bro. 
I appreciate that. So, and you, you, you were deep on leadership. I could go another series on that also. So my next question too is you said CRE. So your company, tell them about your company. Tell them sure. about your company. Sure. So Diversified Lending Solutions is a mortgage advisory firm, and we help arrange capital for real estate investors, specifically yeah. those that are looking to scale their operations, who are not yet at the place that you could say they're a household name. They're not yet institutional in the sense that they have relationships with lenders and investors that put them in that billion dollar uh, um, space but they're looking to get there and they're looking for support and figuring out how to finance their transactions to grow. Okay. So these are talented, highly capable operators. They, they know the business, they, they, they understand the business, but they're still in the first, second, third inning of their, of their company's career. And they're looking to help someone help grow them through the next several iterations. Okay. So that's the purpose of this, this, uh, episode, ladies and gentlemen, this series. What we want to focus on is, is me and him, me and uh, Mr. Vernon, strategize on this. This let's just say this quarter, these next sixty to ninety days. Where hey, we want to focus on a, a niche type of education or webinars or series that Mr. Vernon he's explaining what CRE is, but it's it's it's, it's more broad. But we're going to be more, a little bit more niche. We want to focus on. So, who is your ideal? Um, what you call it? What they call it? Um, what did I gonna say? Client. Customer, yeah, customer. Or your who's your ideal customer? Our ideal client is, client. And, I, and I'll and and you already alluded to a deal uh, that I'm happy to to kind of talk a little bit about. But our right. our ideal client is an operator. And let's stick with multifamily for now. Multifamily. So that's what we want to go to for this term, ladies and gentlemen, for these next 60 to 90 days, 120 days. That's what his company, he and his company, and I, I'll be honored to do more series about this where you're going to focus on that people, that certain niche, not not for uh, buildings or commercial buildings. We're going to focus on this series. I want you to educate if you can, or we focus on that type, what you're looking sure. for, what source, if you, if you don't mind. Sure, Absolutely. So in this instance, you have a multifamily operator. They okay. have, let's say, 100 units or so under management. They clearly understand the sector, but their goal is to be at 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 units under management over the next several years. They have a limited base of relationships with lenders. They're looking to deepen that base. They're looking to improve the quality of the loans that they get. Right. And they're looking to do it in a way that doesn't distract them from all of their other functions of actually operating a portfolio. So we come in and we would help them arrange the best possible loan they could to grow their portfolio and, and buy assets. And in cases where they have existing loans in place that could be more competitive, we help them refinance out of their current loans into uh, better loans for uh, so that their portfolio can be uh, more more profitable for them. Okay. And this is what, what I teach my investors for residential, which I'm, at that time, you're my source, uh, Vernon. You're going to walk me through. But my point is, I try to build, I need a team, an advisory team of my source who's experienced. So you would be my, my source, my experience, where I don't have to go to another lender. I can come to you because you deal with more. You, you're sort of like a 
I don't, as we say, a residential mortgage broker. Are you are you similar to that where you can deal with more than one source? Where you, I can just come to you. I don't have to keep go to bank A or bank C or bank C or whatever to try to get this yeah. fifty to hundred unit taken care of. I can come to you. You're my authority figure, right? That that's a great that's, that's a great question. And, and the short answer is yes. Although we don't call ourselves brokers, um, okay. no, no, just to brokers but i'll tell you why educators um, that's the purpose of this we need educating on this okay so typically a mortgage broker is someone who's going to essentially um cross uh you with a lender right they're going to find a lender they're going to take your deal and they're going to put them together and usually that that is simply them going out to a lot of different lenders and just pumping those those lenders with whatever information you gave them about your deal. And they're just gonna try to place the two of them together. We would refer to ourselves in a, as an advisor because we're not simply taking your information and then blasting it out to a hundred lenders mm -hmm. and seeing what comes back. Okay. We're working with you to help position your project, the narrative around that project, to position your narrative as, a, as an operator in the most favorable light figure out the most appropriate people to go out to and then actively negotiate with those people in order to get you the best terms and getting you the best terms is not necessarily just getting you the lowest interest rate and getting you the largest uh, loan amount. It's working through all the nuance of the deal structure on so many different items that, that go into a loan that most brokers just never think about, not because, they're bad, but because they know that most borrowers just care about their interest rate. And so we find in a lot of instances, borrowers end up signing up loans that were not in their best interest because the broker was simply just placing them to, to whoever could provide them with whatever they asked for and what they asked for a low interest rate. So an advisor is someone who takes a step back. They understand what the client is really trying to accomplish in right. this deal thematically as they grow their company. It says, okay, we have to be thoughtful in how we present this and who we go out to and how we structure this deal so that you can build a company that's going to be lasting and, and, and be scalable and be sustainable. And so that you have full awareness into um, that process. And so does a mortgage advisor do a lot of the same activities as a broker? Yes, but I would say they do that plus a whole set of other ones. And so that's why we, we make that distinction. Okay. Well said. Well explained. Well explained. That's what we need here. That's the purpose of this. So you're an advisor. That's that's the feel. Okay. So that breaks down the next question where I, I definitely want to stress this. This is one of the main questions. Some questions that's, that's asked is where where most borrowers go wrong seeking debt funding. I kind of lead to what you said now. Yep. So where, where where most borrowers go wrong when they're seeking debt funding? What do they go wrong when they're getting out there? So don't go to a mortgage broker. But you got I'm thinking this is a side note. This is deep. I got to ask this question because I'm new to the field and you're going to be my eyes when I do come across these types of 50 to a hundred units on there and you got the GPLP and all that, whatever I need to loan on it, you're going to be my eyes on that. What, what is the correct, like I said, you don't go to a more, the, the title CREs, that's why I'm getting confused that some people may be confused on it. You got people that deal with multifamily 
that's their niche. But, but yeah. what you're telling me is that's not their only niche. They just have a title. They're not. They're not. They're not um, unique, or that's not their main main uh, source of expertise. Is you? No, no. What I'm saying is a couple of things. One, multifamily is just a, a is a subset of commercial real estate. CRE is commercial real estate. Multifamily is a component of commercial real estate. Right. So if someone's a multifamily operator, they are by definition a commercial real estate operator. Okay. Um, so, so, so that's just the distinction in terms of CRE versus multifamily. Uh, in terms of um, mortgage brokerage, I'm not saying that folks shouldn't use mortgage brokers. I'm saying that they should gauge their expectations as to what they'll get when they hire one. Which so, you explained prior. Okay. You get an advisor if you hire a broker. Except, okay. Expecting you get a broker, you're going to get someone that's going to blast your deal out to a lot of people. Right. Okay. Maybe save you some time, but they're not going to be someone who's actually going to actively help you get the most comprehensive terms by being proactive, right? And putting your deal in the best possible light and framing you in the right light. And, and creating a nuanced enough story and going to the right lenders with that story that they're actually going to get you what you want, right? So it, 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 it's very much like you saying at the end of the day, you, you get what, what, what you pay for and you have to know what you're signing up for, right? right. If, if you're the type of person who knows, for instance, and, and, and this, is, this is something that I, I think is an important point. Okay. So many of us, and I've, I've fallen, uh, fallen into this habit, right? When you're so close to your deals for such a long time, in many instances, you don't realize um, how the market will receive those deals, right? You go out and find a deal and it's the best deal and you're going to make a lot of money. And then you go out to investors and you go out to lenders and you're expecting them to fall over themselves and love it too, because you love it. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? You go out and you hire a broker or you do it yourself and you go out to 20 guys and, and 20 gals and you get no responses from 50% of them, right? You say, oh, that's odd. Why did half of them not respond? But the other 50%, maybe some of those respond. And so because one of those guys responds and maybe you ultimately close with that guy, you say, oh, the process wasn't great, but I got a loan, right? And what you completely lost in, in the in the sauce in that process was that you may have actually just walked away from the better loan. Those 50% that ghosted you and didn't respond to you may have not responded because you didn't position your deal the right way. Okay. And if you position your deal the right way, they may have responded. And not only may they have responded, they may have liked the deal. And you may have actually been able to convince them to give you better terms than the right. terms you got this other person. Right. But because you're looking in the rear view and saying, oh, well, I got a loan. Then now the next deal, you do the same thing right? and you do right. the same thing. And then you end up three, four or five years out and you got deals done. You feel great about it. But then when someone looks at the, at the portfolio and says, okay, let me look at your, uh, your, your loan terms. They say, geez, these loans don't, I mean, why did you accept this? And why'd you accept that? While you're in it, it's very hard to have any perspective, right? But once, once you step out of it, and that's part of what an advisor helps you do, you start to realize, okay, these are my options. There are, there are options out there better than what I'm currently getting, but I need to be proactive and thoughtful in how I get there. How do I bridge the gap? 
That's and awesome. so that's what the advisor helps you do. Okay, that's awesome. Make a structure. You, you think long term. You try to be hold someone's hands long term because, as we used to say in the in the car business, yeah, I got the deal. But if they drive next door and see what's on that deal, <laughs> <laughs> when they see how this deal was structured, they're gonna feel bad. I don't want to be that person. You know, no. want to treat them no. right, give them a fair deal, long term. Long term, exactly. Be professional. So long term, that's that's the question. So that's where it leads to your next question. I should ask is what lenders won't tell you, but will prevent you from getting a loan. What 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 a lender won't tell you? Most lenders, not yeah, yeah. And so that that's that's a very good question. And before I answer it directly, this is this is what I'd say. I ain't gonna say most. I'm just saying some lenders. Some lenders won't. I understand. Lenders are humans too, right? And lenders at the end of the day want to establish clients. So nobody in their right mind, unless they're just that personality is going to want to completely close the door to you and make you never want to deal with them again, right? right? So you bring them a deal and they're more likely than not, if they don't want to do it, just not to respond. Hope you forgot about, forgot about it and found <laughs> it somewhere else. Right. Or they'll give you some very generic answer as to why they didn't like it. It's not very helpful to you. It doesn't help inform how you should approach them differently the next time. But, but it's also a riskless statement because you didn't you know, piss them off when you, when you said that. And so you end up walking away you know, with very little impression of that lender, right? Which is what mm. they want. They don't want to make you mad if they're not going to fund the loan. Right. They're not going to say to you, listen, you invest in inner city markets that I don't feel comfortable in. And I don't know anything about. I don't think you're qualified to actually complete this project, right? Based off of what I'm seeing. I don't see that you know how to effectively underwrite this asset class. Your cash flow projections are looking really off. You're asking me for something that doesn't make any sense. And that either mm-hmm. means you, that you don't know what you're doing or, or, or you're wasting my time. These are, and I can go on and on, right, but right. these are the laundry list and, and we can hit some of the big ones, but these are the laundry list of things that lenders are not telling you. And you're walking around thinking, oh, I got some great lender relationships. <laughs> so I know somebody yeah. I can call for the next deal. Right. And meanwhile, that person has this whole list of things that they just remembered from your, their interaction with you that were not the most positive. So guess what? When you bring them a deal the next time, are they going to drop every other deal that they're looking at to right. go prioritize your deal? I don't think so. This episode is brought to you by Nicholas Brown, REI.club. Hello, and thanks for watching this brief video. My name is Nicholas Brown. I'm an author and a residential developer here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And we're on target this quarter of redeveloping five properties here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And our passive investors, they're just sitting back and relaxing it because they're enjoying receiving the double digit returns, which is protected, secured, and insured. So if you're a passive investor or if you have 401k or retirement income or decent credit scores in the 700 and above, then download our chart for more information at nicholasbrownrei.club forward slash partner and I'll send you our DFW double digit returns case study chart. Once again, for more information, go to nicholasbrownrei.club forward slash partner. But this is what I want to do, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure, I'm going to plug this. I'm stressing this. Make sure you guys 
download this if you listen in this is this is this, these are nuggets that's why we're going to have to extend this to another series make sure if you watch this on youtube make sure you subscribe that's where we have another episode or a series or you'll get an alert if we have a live that's the education he just taught us something what to look for but i'm going to cut this a little bit short <laughs> ladies and gentlemen because i want him to explain, to give you an example, a testimony or a case study above, he did, he's now in a few days, ladies and gentlemen, at this recording, he's going to fly to meet his client. In, is it in Houston, Texas? That's right. Okay. Explain this. It took, it took less time than normal for other deals to close compared to a regular, I'm going to do the pronunciation, CRE, uh, uh, broker compared to an advisor. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, so, so, so it is correct. Well, I'll say a couple of things. Um, sure. One, I appreciate you bringing up the deal because it's a phenomenal transaction. I think it should yes. be hugely inspiring to your listeners. Yes. The, the, the short of the, of the story is that we represent a really um, inspirational operator based out of Texas who um, had a portfolio of about 500 multifamily units Okay. Um, was looking to grow her, uh, her business exponentially, found a 460 unit property in, in Houston, um, multifamily, uh, needs some work, had some history as an asset. And her business plan was to step in and to uh, take an asset that was um, needed some work and to turn it around and, and, and increase the cash flows on that property. And so we represented her in her effort to get a senior loan. This was a very large transaction. She was buying a $40 million property and mm. needed to, in, you know, need to put in several millions of dollars to improve it. So we're not talking about a, a small transaction. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in to this, what I had to do at the, at the time, I had to add, add because we got cut off on zoom if you're listening in on, on a podcast i'm editing this here so we're going to continue which what happened is brendan's going to give us a case study which he was deep into it ladies and gentlemen i mean he was deep into it i got it but our audience didn't get it if i didn't uh, edit this if you watch this on youtube you would see the pause button like the at&t where they're pausing we don't want that we don't want that so we, we're gonna update this and he had this flow but i want him to give a case study as as before of what you were explaining sir about here's an example which you out you had an operator which in the next few days you're going to houston to meet up with your client because can you can you explain that what's the case study what was absolutely and, and and this should be a, a really inspirational story to any yeah. one of your viewers because okay. this in my mind is really the perfect example of what so many of us are aspiring to accomplish okay have a client great operator of multifamily properties probably 500 units under management before we, we took them on as a client and very unapologetically have a, a goal of growing exponentially over the next several years. Okay. Uh, found a large portfolio, 460 units in Houston, property that, that has uh, suffered from some issues, but has a lot of potential for improvement, workforce housing. And, and she very ambitiously took it on as her goal to buy a 460 unit property and effectively double 
uh, her assets under management with that purchase. So kudos for her to her for the ambition. And we love to work with folks like that that have the drive. Kudos for her for also having the 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 the, the background to support the goal. Does she so, have a team? Does she have a team? Is this, is this is GPLP or is she one? She's told by herself. Or does she have a team? She has a team. She has okay. a team. Um, and 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 that's something we can definitely talk um, more to in another sure. segment. Sure. Building the right team around you. Right. But regardless of the resources that she had, it was still a massive undertaking to take down what was a $40 million property mm, wow. that's going to require several millions of dollars to, to improve and to fix and to, to bring it to its, its true potential. And so being in a position where she could say, listen, I know I'm going to have to go out and I'm going to have to get this loan. And I need to work with a partner that's going to help me uh, get the best loan, um, help convince lenders that I'm the right operator for this project and get me the terms, not, not just get me a loan, because frankly, she's very experienced, but get me the right loan. Right. Get me a loan that's the right mix of affordability, i.e. the interest rate, the right leverage, i.e. you know the, the loan amount, um, the, the structure that allows me to execute my business plan, whether that be an extension options for the, for the loan or how cash is distributed or what component of, of, of the loan uh, will come in the form of future funding for renovations, a whole laundry list of aspects to that deal that need to be negotiated very thoughtfully to help accommodate her business plan for that asset. And we're very proud to say that we worked um, and very, very much did treat her and view her as a partner in being able to fully understand her project, be able to communicate that project and her effectively to an operator who says not just maybe I'll lend on it, but I'm going to hit you in the head with, with terms you're not going to love or yeah, you're going to have to convince me if, if I want to do it. Right. It's terms that you don't love all that noise or that. I'm just not even going to respond because I don't do these types of deals. As you were saying earlier, like that, like we were talking about earlier, taking it away from that to, wow, this is a dynamic company that we should want to hitch ourselves onto right now because she's going to be taking over Texas. And this is the loan for us to be able to partner with her. That was our goal. And then throughout that process to use that energy to get her the terms that she deserved for that deal. And that's what we did. And we closed on that deal. And uh, she's very happy about that. Now she has now 500, but a thousand units under management. And, um, wow. and that's just going to keep on growing. So we'll be in, in Houston next week um, with her at the asset. And we just view that as such a tremendously inspiring story, not because just that she was a small operator that's growing very quickly. But she also happened to be a, a woman. She also happened right. to be an African-American woman. Wow. And when you think of the historic significance of yeah. that. Right, 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 I, right. I, I, I challenge you to find, uh, you know, five women uh, in this country um, that have a thousand units under management uh, and operation. And so being a part of that is something we feel hugely validated by and hugely inspired by. And we want more folks like that to help build the next army of folks like her. Wow. 
Wow. Congratulations. I'm excited about that. You just painted the picture also. You know, it's not that many women out there of color that's doing what she's doing. I love to have her on, ladies and gentlemen, a teaser as a guest on there. We're going to have three or four. I want to meet your partner, also your business partner, Eric, in time. We want to meet him if we can, if you allow in time for another episode on there. But I love to get on. There. So how long did that take before, before we go? Was it normal time sure. or she had everything sure. squared away in order? Were they like, hey, we can work this deal here. Did it hit your sure. table or you already had a relationship with her prior? Sure. So, 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 and this is going back to what we were talking about before again between the distinction between a broker and an advisor right we knew there was a very very hard and fast fuse on this deal the seller needed to sell and there was a hard closing timing that was pretty aggressive and we knew that we had to get people comfortable with this asset and then on top of that get them comfortable with closing relatively quickly typically on a deal of this mm -hmm. size you should expect a 60-day type closing period Okay. And, and typically on a deal this size, you would expect a marketing period of at least two weeks, but maybe a month leading up to a lender committing to fund the deal. Sure. So we were in a position where if you take that all the way out, you could find yourself with a 90 day type process from beginning to end. And we simply didn't have that. So part of our, our um, adding value in this case was how can we condense that? How can we take get as smart on this asset as quickly as possible, condense the timeline so we can get a lender and, or multiple lenders, which we did, got multiple lenders sure. to want to do the deal in the matter of a few weeks. And then from that point, make a decision fairly quickly and then worked around a 45 versus 60 day closing time. Wow. So when it all came down to it, um, a deal that we needed to close, uh, you know, in, 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 in early December or mid-December, closed well in, in, inside of that. I think when we went into the deal, no one thought, given the timing, that wow. that was going to happen and that she would walk away very happy with the loan she, she, she got um, in that time frame. We managed to check both boxes and, wow. um, and, it, and we made it happen. And so that was, that was us. That was her. That was the lender. And that, again, is when you work with the right advisor, right. lender to work with and can be selective in choosing, then you're taking all of these variables and putting them into consideration when you're deciding who to get in bed with um, for the loan. Well, well, congratulations on that, man. I know that's exciting, man. I could, I could just, I wish I could have been there to watch. <laughs> I can see your excitement, man, just putting it together. Here's a side note. What, what do you like, the beginning or the after effect of, of helping someone what do you like in, in it's everything is about sales and marketing but what do you like about your your business man so what I, love, out I think i think i view myself as being a pretty uh, academic person i like to solve problems the okay. fun part of this for me and i think my partner would say the same was taking on the challenge of if you just look at this as, as, a, as a little maze and figuring out how to navigate the maze to get to the other side as quickly as possible and involving all the little <laughs> questions and, and, and scenarios that you need to think through to get everyone on the same page. That's really what, what's fun. And I think a lot of people in real estate share that when it comes yeah. to putting it all together. And then take into effect, it's not just you and your client. It's you, your client, the lender. It's, it's the legal counsel on both right. sides. It's the title company. It's the environmental, the engineer, the appraiser. Mm. 
you're having to navigate all these people who have their own interests in the situation to get to someplace on the other side. So bringing all the way back to the beginning of your show on leadership, <laughs> that's when leadership comes in. How can right. we take the best of all these people? Cause they're all good at some part of the process, wow. but they wow. all have shortcomings that can slow it down. Yeah. How do we accentuate their strengths and how do we mute the weaknesses or, or help improve the weaknesses so we Man. can all get this deal closed? That's deep, Doug. That's deep. You're deep, Doug. So this is what I want to ask too, and then we're about to close. The next one is perspective. What is your perspective on next year? What's about to happen? What's your perspective? What do you feel about your, your field of uh, business? What's about to happen, man? So a lot of things are happening next year. We're in a huge inflationary environment that scares right. a lot of people. Prices are up. Investors have to be very cautious in what they buy. I think investors have to be thoughtful on their hold um, periods on their deals that in order to realize the returns they're looking for. So I think people will be cautious in terms of, of buying. Um, hmm. I also think though that this is a period where for underrepresented groups, whether that be women, minorities, and otherwise, there are various large institutions, private equity companies that are trying to find strategies, partially because they see they're missing that opportunity, partially from pressure, but for various reasons on why they should be investing in, in, in operators like the one I just mentioned. And so being able to, we're excited about bridging the gap and helping operators that find themselves in a position where they could use equity capital to grow their businesses, not just debt, being in a position to help facilitate introductions with those type of investors in order for them to grow their businesses. So what is equity capital? On the side so note, the, what is equity capital? Man, I know we've pushed for time, but what yeah, is equity capital? No, it's my virgin, man. So Dang. think about it in, in, in the residential world, it's just the down payment to buy your property. Ah, uh, okay. You a $40 million property and you need $8 million. There are not many, I'm not going to say there are none, but there are not many folks that can just snap their finger and come up with $8 million. And so that means you have to raise it. And you're either raising it between friends and family, which means you have a very, very uh, high net worth base of, of, of personal relationships, or you're going out to family offices and private equity funds. And that process, frankly, is not one where most small business owners excel. And so, and especially um, in operators from underrepresented groups. So when you think of that, you think about the opportunity to, to put a, a battery or a turbocharge in some really talented operators back by providing some portion of that $8 million, a meaningful amount, so that they, they can go out and actually buy a property and get a loan on that property. And that, to me, is hugely transformative. And that's where economic development really starts to have a really deep man, impact. Man, we got a whole other series to go about. I love these types of, you deep, bro. You I, I can keep going for, for, for a long time. So. That's what I said, ladies and gentlemen, you got a treat here. You got a treat here, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you, you got a treat. So make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you download this if you're watching the podcast. It's going to be, stay tuned for this year, these next quarter coming. I want to get this, man. This this is exciting, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. As I'm I excited, am. man. I love these things. You, you've been in the trenches. You know it. I always have a saying, saying ladies and gentlemen, one eye is king to the blind. He's going to lead you there, man. Just this step, make that step. Hold his hand. He's going to lead you there. He's not going to lead you wrong. If he leads you right, he's considered a king. 
That's why I say one eye is king to the blind, man. We're blind. I'm blind, brother. I'm listening. You're gonna hold your head. Got me there. Got me there, though. I got other people around me. I got listeners here, and you got your people watching, man. Let's let's do this, bro. And and that's why and that's why 2022 can be a really exciting year. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of expertise. There's a lot of intelligence, and there's a lot of will right now uh, to help folks really elevate their operations. And so I want to be part of that and I want to help um, folks elevate. And we have the resources to do it. So the sources, I appreciate that. So here's the last word. How can they get in contact with you? Is it, you got anything, last words, any way they can reach out to you or any specials sure. you give them? Sure. Easiest way to reach me is LinkedIn. Uh, just okay. DM me, Vernon Beckford, B-E-C-K-F-O-R-D. And, and if you, and if you DM me, DM me C-R-E template. Okay. And I'll blast out some of the three, uh, um, as you'd mentioned before, the three states that deny. Okay. That, that, that deny their loans. Because you just explained okay. some of them right then and there, but you're going to give like a basic template that they can follow. Exactly. Okay. okay. That so, way, ladies and gentlemen, if you reach back out to Mr. Vernon and his team, everything is a little bit more smoother and he understands it. So he's going to give you a basic template, am I correct? For Absolutely. free. At this time, make sure because it's limited. This time is valuable. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, that's the best way to reach me. Okay. Well, hey, I definitely appreciate your time. Can we ever have you on in the near future for another series, if possible? Please. I, 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 would, I would love to speak uh, to your viewers, and I, and I hope uh, they find this helpful. Okay. Thanks, man. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, you had a trip. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you, I want to get you guys review. Let me know what you think. And in the, the top review, I'm gonna give you a special. I got a special, special um, course for you. It's worth at least twenty five hundred. I'm gonna give you that, and we'll go from there. But as I say, as I in uh, in my um, videos and these podcasts, don't condemn, don't complain, because you have a choice to make a change. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on the Nicholas Brown Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.nickbrowninc.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show and you are a new real estate investor, then check out one of Nicholas's free reports called the Wholesale Dominator Report. Also located on our website, www.nickbrownie.com slash free reports. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And remember, don't condemn, don't complain, because you have a choice to make a change. Have a great day.